Hey, good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. It's a hump day Wednesday. How you doing? I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group at our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And, and what a wonderful, wonderful morning. It's actually cold. Yesterday it was raining. Uh, but as long as the weekends are good, I'm okay. Right, you know, have all the bad weather uh, during the week, but I, I see the the sun is is come out. I actually had, uh, you know, my car sits outside. We have, uh, you know, Arizona. It's so weird, and I think a lot of places are like this. Housing's way overpriced. It's absolutely, it's ridiculous. It, 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 and Arizona used to be such an affordable place to live. Uh, I can't tell you how many articles about uh, people moving here. And ending up homeless, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Uh, they just uh, did one of these encampment clearouts here uh, as well. But you know what? Happened? They can't afford it. They can't afford the rent, and uh, they can't afford obviously buying a house and all that. But the houses that we have here, and especially anything you know built in the last like twenty years, uh, that that's by uh, you know a, a home builder that a house isn't a million dollars or more. Uh, you get this little two-car garage, and I mean little. Like uh, if you have like a suburban or a something, something or you know, a bigger, a bigger ride, if you will. Yeah, you're lucky if it even fits into the garage. So my car's outside. Okay, so I, I'm the I'm the loser. My car's outside, and uh, this morning I actually had to wait a, a couple of minutes while the defroster uh, took off. Uh, a small film of ice that was on on the window. So that doesn't happen very often. See, things like that get me excited. I know, it's crazy. A lot of talk about, obviously, uh, Bernie won in New Hampshire. Uh, That's just been great. I'm not going to talk politics, but I'm just going to tell you what the race is going to be. It's going to be Trump and Bloomberg. That's my prediction now. Not that I don't know that that's a... a, uh, a big crazy prediction, but it's going to be Trump and Bloomberg. I, I had no wow. The Democrats—they just hate Bernie Sanders. It, it is uh, absolutely crazy how much they despise this guy. But this is how much things have changed. Just think about—we had Iowa, right? Iowa, right? The heartland, and, and New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire—you know, live free or die, right? Uh, really, you know, and Eric. I know he made a joke, but really. Uh, give us free stuff or die should be the new moniker in my eyes. Uh, in New Hampshire's always been liberal. But the guys that finished one and two, and, and you could argue whether or not Bernie won both, right, because of the whole Iowa de- debacle. A socialist and, and a gay mayor. I mean, the, these are the, the two big winners I mean, wow, has America changed. I mean, let's fate, let's not kid ourselves. Bernie Sanders is an absolute socialist. And, and I told you I'm, I'm not going to go uh, deeper into that because we got a lot of other things to, to talk about. But in the next segment, I'm going to give people in Arizona a reason to go and vote in this next election. Uh, I'm going to talk about a new Senate 
bill uh, that has been introduced. This is an, a state of Arizona bill. Uh, all of you out there, uh, when you think about what happened in Virginia, uh, it's not going to end. You keep voting uh, for these super liberal Democrats. Uh, this is what we're going to get. So I'll, uh, that'll be coming up in the next segment. Jay Powell's testifying today. This is day two. This is the last day. This should be a friendlier day because uh, there's more Republicans today. I, I I listened as long as I could. I had to take a few phone calls, but I've been, I've been listening. It's the same thing, right? Again, uh, Wolf guarding the hen house uh, comes out, regurgitates all these all these statistics that let's face it, they made up. There's no inflation. Right? Oh, no, inflation's at 1.6%, and we're thinking it's going to move back to 2%. Right? We've been hearing this inflation's going to move back to 2% thing for like eight years, maybe 10. Of course, we all know it's significantly more than 2%. I would kill for 2%. Well, I don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't want to, I wouldn't kill anybody, but I would really, really, really be happy if inflation was only 2%. And I think everybody out there listening would be happy as it would too. But they say it over and over and over and over. And somehow, by lying, they get credibility. Right? Not one person in the media, not one person in Congress is going to challenge what they did to inflation. They simply changed the number. But no one wants to question it. And, it, and it's frustrating, and it's nerve-wracking, and and you sit there and you look at uh, Wall Street. Another, you know, Wall Street's up two hundred points today. Uh, news ready for this? Here's when the coronavirus is going to end, and I I I have no reason to argue this. Soon as it gets a little warmer, so uh, come March. Uh, April by, by, sure by April, because uh, the virus doesn't like sunlight and doesn't like heat and doesn't like humidity, according to uh, the people out there. So uh, that good news there, but I got a great show lined up for you. Don't touch that dial. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour, and and again, we can pretend. You want to pretend? Let's pretend. Right? Let's pretend it's the greatest economy ever. It's not. We know that. I mean, look at the debt. Look at the debt. Look at interest rates. Look at the repo auctions every day. Look at the yields on bonds, any yield. Yields on junk bonds, yields on corporate bonds, yields at treasuries. They all tell you something vastly different. Make no mistakes. This is a system built, uh, a house of cards built on a huge pile of debt that is going to come to roost. And either you're prepared or you're not. I mean, it's just that simple. And by prepared, I'm going to tell you right now. And I've looked at it over and over and over and over again. You better have gold because that's how you prepare. And then with that gold, you can buy up all the cheap real estate. 
Right? You can't have the land first, right? You gotta wait. You want to have it second, right? Just like the last time. But uh, I digress. I'm getting ahead of myself. Make sure you're out and voting in this election because it's happening everywhere. The blue staters, you know, we talk about the border wall and all the flood of immigrants. And, and of course, every one of those, uh, 95% of them are going to vote for the liberals. But it's also coming from the blue states themselves. They're all failing. California's a, trust me, I go there plenty. It's a disaster. Right? New York, disaster. Right, uh, New Jersey. Look at Ohio now, and Ohio goes back and forth. But, but you see, you know, Illinois disaster. Right, everybody fleeing, and they're all coming to Arizona and to Colorado. A bill introduced in the Arizona State Legislature aims to ban possession and sale of assault weapons or large capacity magazines. This is Senate Bill 1625. Uh, Senator Rebecca Rios and co-sponsored by 11 other Democratic senators will, will, if approved, ban a person, corporation, or other entities from manufacturing, importing, possessing, purchasing, selling, or transferring any assault weapon or large-capacity magazine. The bill does make one exception. If you work for the government, right, government officers, agents, or employees who will be eligible to register their weapon. See, and again... Take the hand, take the guns out of the hands of the citizens, and we can all be like Mexico and Venezuela and all of them, right? And just allow for the government to happen. Uh, the bill uh, will grant an exception for firearms dealers and manufacturers under certain conditions. Uh, one of those conditions is you can't sell them anywhere here in Arizona. It, constantly, it contains detailed definitions of what constitutes an assault weapon, including, among other things, a semi-automatic rifle that has the capacity to accept a detachable magazine. It also defines what a large-capacity magazine is. Any ammunition feeding the device with the capacity to accept more than 10 rounds. Yeah, it's coming. If the bill was passed, if the bill is passed and signed into law, anyone in possession of an assault weapon or large capacity magazine will be able to do one of the following, number one, you can remove it from the state. <laughs> right? yeah. Hey, listen, uh, 
go store it at uh, your grandmother's house, and, and uh, in case you need it, you know, you'll just tell uh, the robbers, the criminals, hey, can you come back? Because I got to drive over to, to my grandmother's house, and she, she lives in Texas to get my gun. Make it, if you don't like that option, you can make it permanently inoperable, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, what would you do? Melt it down, break it of some sort, or surrender it to the appropriate law enforcement agency within 90 days after the law takes offense without consequence. So there you have it. Uh, that was uh, Arizona's, uh, that Senate bill again, if you want to look at it yourself, 1625, uh, making the rounds here, uh, you know, kind of, you know, when we saw what happened there in Virginia, uh, it's not going to end. And, and here's the thing. We're, we're, we're facing an assault from the socialists. And they're all, they, they've got their whole mantra laid out for them. Uh, they want to give you uh, free education, free government health care. Notice how I said government health care. Uh, does anyone really want that? Do you really? I mean, think about anything the government has really done. Outside of maybe defense. And even there, we've had some issues, right? We, we know this. Uh, the government hadn't done anything very well, right? I mean, not the not the employees of the post office, at least not most of them. Uh, but the post office, great thing, we can't even deliver the mail, right? Uh, and now the government's going to be in charge of your health care. I don't think so, but they want to hand all these free handouts, and in exchange, they want you to just give up your freedoms. I mean, that's really what it's all about, and. Uh, uh, it, it's just one of those things where little by little, and I see it happening. We talk about it happening and, and sometimes we, we we're like, okay, well, it, it's still, this is Arizona and, and you're seeing it right there, right in front of your face. Uh, they, they don't want anyone to have any, you know, you got to get rid of it. They don't want to pay you for it. They don't want to reimburse you for it. They don't want to do anything other than take away our freedoms, and this is what we're going to get. Keep voting the way they've been voting. Keep voting for them, and that's exactly what we're going to get. So now that I've done that, I was I wanted to do that yesterday, uh, but we had, we had Eric on, and we just didn't get to it, so I wanted to do it today. Yesterday, I told you how I've been watching the news, and I'm talking about CNBC and Fox, and every day, they have these, you know, they, they make them out to be experts. And I don't know who most of these people are, but they run this fund, or they run that fund, or they're the senior economic advisor, or they're the senior this, or they're the executive VP of that, and they work for uh, a big bank or some hedge fund, and, and they're all here to tell us why, oh, no, it's not a house of cards. Everything's wonderful. They had, you know, and every day. So today, it was perfect because they had a guy on, Tony Dwyer. I don't know Tony. Hey, Tony, how you doing? He's, he, I'm sure he's a good guy. He's the chief 
market strategist for uh, Cancorda Genuine Fund. Never heard of it. Is it a good fund? Genuity uh, fund. I, I don't know. But, you know, he's an expert. He comes on TV. Uh, he's got his charts, right, his little graphs. And he's talking about there's – remember what I told you yesterday. They all have, you know, two, three, four reasons why it's, it's different this time, right? And, and this guy says, hey, I've got four fundamental reasons why you should be bullish. Even though when you look at history, which, you know, history's old, right? It's like the Constitution. Constitution, it's an old piece of paper. Some old racist white guys wrote it. Right? Forget about history. I know that every time in history, right, we've seen the stock market do this before. Get these super high valuations. Right and, and and seemingly no matter what the news is, it rallies. I mean, you think about coronavirus. Maybe uh, maybe it's uh, going to be a big problem. Obviously, it's a problem, right? I mean, China shut down now for like three weeks. It's a problem. Is it the end of the world? I hope not. Shouldn't be right. Like if these scientists are right, hey, when the weather gets a little warmer, uh, we won't have to worry about Corona until next year again, right? I don't know. But the Dow is just hitting new highs, and and everybody's out there. You know, Apple shutting all their stores, and Yum Brands, and who was it today? One of the jewelers, one of the high end jewelers. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. I keep rallying. We've seen it. So here's what was funny. This guy, every single guy now. Now, I, I, I probably started doing this last Wednesday. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, not the weekend. Uh, Monday, Tuesday. Here it is, Wednesday again. So six days in a row. Every single one of these people all had the same number one answer. Was it profits are going to be better? Nope. I know, I know. Revenue is going to be better. Nuh-uh. How about businesses are going to start spending more money? No. Nope. Now, those would be things, right? That'd be good. Number one answer from from, uh, Mr. Dwyer here, Tony. And everybody else, easy money. See, and and we know life is hard. We know this. And when you get something for nothing, right, or if you get something for next to nothing, what's it really worth? At the end of the day, it's going to be worth Nothing. Thanks to the Fed, Tony says, the reason number one of why I'm so bullish, and it's different this time, easy money. We've got a super low inflation rate. See, he even says it. 
See, we really don't have a super low inflation rate. We have a super low rate that the Federal Reserve created. Because it actually doesn't track real inflation. I mean, it doesn't. They don't care about that. Because they've got a mandate that says stable money. And the only way they can own up to that mandate is by rigging the numbers. The Fed is more fearful of lower inflation than higher inflation. Think about that. Wait a minute. They don't want things to cost less. And boy, they don't. They don't want housing to be less. Right? They don't want your your car payments to be less. They don't want your health care payments to be less. Listen, they don't want the food that you eat to cost you less. Trust me. And I agree. I actually agree with Tony. He's absolutely right. You know why he's right? Because they've changed the calculation so badly that it's almost impossible to get super high inflation anymore. How do you feel about the debt market so far? Patriot Radio News Hour. I'll get to the next reason when we return. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. With every presidential campaign, there is a mind-numbing number of town halls for the candidates to take part in. Most of these town halls are uneventful. But Elizabeth Warren made one interesting comment at a town hall that shouldn't go unnoticed. When asked about her infamously vague Medicare for All plan, Warren confirmed that her proposal would include Medicare for all illegal aliens. Warren declared, Medicare for All, as I put this together, covers everyone, regardless of immigration status, and that's it. The local audience applauded her for this answer, but the reception nationwide to her plan has been chilly, even among likely Democrat voters. You can't go around promising massive amounts of free stuff to non-citizens without having a workable plan to back it up. Her plan would cost $52 trillion over 10 years. Remember, that's trillion, not billion. She's competing with Bernie Sanders, who also supports free medical care for illegal aliens. As an added incentive for illegals to pour across our southern border, Sanders also wants a complete moratorium on deportations. The reality is that anyone can already show up at an emergency room in America and receive free medical care, whether they're lawfully in the United States or not. This has been true ever since Congress passed the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act of 1986, which has contributed, by the way, to hospital bankruptcies ever since. Many illegal aliens have crossed our borders in order to show up at emergency rooms and give birth here in the United States so their children could claim American citizenship. These children are known as anchor babies because they provide a basis for other relatives to migrate here also. Despite what leftists claim, anchor babies have no constitutional right to citizenship. Still, their relatives pour in every day, demanding entitlements like Elizabeth Warren's Medicare for All. Americans know we have a crisis at our southern border. We all see the consequences of inaction. President Trump wants to build a wall, deport the criminals, and remove entitlements. The Democrats want to offer them free health care and citizenship. You tell me whose plan is going to work out better for all Americans. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. blue collar of a man He came from the school where you didn't need nothing if you couldn't make it with your own two hands He was backwards backwards use words like no sir yes ma'am So here's the mantra and this is why you need gold because you know you know it's not right and I like the president I do I like his stance on the border. I like his stance on abortion. I like his stance uh, when it comes to trade. I do. I like all of those things. I like his stance on regulation, right, and the deregulation and getting rid of, you know, hundreds and thousands of laws that are unnecessary. I like all those things. But quite honestly, if I'm being real about it, he's not a conservative, not by a long shot. He loves to spend money. I mean, we've got, again, the best economy ever, yet the debt is essentially we're right at all-time record highs. And, you know, going back to, you know, the financial crisis and two wars ago and, and getting ready to take those out. And we got every one of these guys telling you, oh, yeah, well, they're super easy money. Historic lows on corporate bond markets. This is a huge thing and a huge problem. Talking about the lowest interest rate on record for companies to be able to borrow money. And not only do companies have access to capital, right, but they, they can afford it. Of course, they only can afford it for a little while. Understand what's happening in the retail sector, boy, Bed Bath & Beyond. If you like that store, uh, go there because they're not going to be around much longer. Uh, horrible, horrible numbers today uh, from them. I'm sure bankruptcy is coming. They had the same thing. See, these were companies that were should have been gone at the financial crisis. Think how much better off we'd be if all of those companies had already gone out. These balls would have been reinvigorated. We would have figured out something. I'm not sure what, but we'd have done something with them. Homeless shelters, I don't know. Apartments, bulldozers. But there's talking about the easy credit backdrop that's allowing these companies to stay in business. And, and, and I told you, over 40% of the S&P 500 didn't make any money. Matter of fact, you have the stranglehold. It's the four biggies uh, with Google, Apple, Amazon, and it's either Facebook or Microsoft. Well, throw those five. 
they account for like 65% of the gains. It's kind of, it's a creepy thing. But that's a different show. I'm getting sidetracked. So that was reason number one. Hey, the Fed has made everything so easy. If they actually ran it the way they should, right? This is decent times, not great times, right? I don't think the Fed funds rate should be 5 or 6%. I don't. But should it be 3? Yeah. The problem is if it was 3, right, the stock market would probably be, I don't know, maybe 20,000, maybe. But here at, you know, one and a half, I think 10-year notes, one five something, right? They're allowing a lot of these zombies to continue. His reason number two, full employment. Again, another one of these numbers that they've changed. See, they couldn't have those low rates without the manipulated inflation number, and you can't say full employment without the manipulated employment number. See, they go hand in hand. But so I'm reading as he's talking about his second point here. And the full employment of the United States. Now, we did hit a two-year low in job openings, but that's, that's you know, throw that out. That's bad data. The, the, the job opening decline, he says, ignore that. Focus in on that better-than-expected jobs report from the government. I already told you what's going to happen in favor. The bounce back's coming, and you shouldn't be worried. I wouldn't, I'm not going to overemphasize it because of, of the overprojection that they made in January. But then he says, some investors lose sight of the employment landscape because they assume the Fed is providing liquidity. See, go back to point number one. Hey, listen. It's still really point number one, but I gotta—I can't just say the Fed. I gotta come up with a couple of other things. So, how about full employment? Oh, and then his third one, which I love: high confidence. We've seen high confidence before. We had high confidence in the late '90s. We had high confidence in 2005 and 2006, right? And we've got it here again, right? Very clear. I mean, this these cycles are so clear. And and, and he was talking about uh, the U.S. confidence, and then his fourth reason, which which was one. Okay, I don't know, I don't know that it's even a reason. But millennials, if you're a millennial, the the peak birth year for millennials, you're now thirty this year. So the, uh, the peak of the millennials now has hit 30. Wow. And how many still live at home? Right? How many can't afford a place of their own? It, it's staggering. Trust me when I tell you it's staggering because uh, my friends are all inundated with millennials. They can't buy houses. Millennials, they got their degrees. They've got jobs. And they can't buy houses. And, and here in Arizona, houses are hard to come by now. I mean, it's gotten ridiculous. Even when, when parents are willing to help, they can't win. Because they need a house that's 200 maybe 250 
all cash. They don't have all cash, right? All these houses, they go all cash. They turn into rentals uh, like it was nothing, and they live with their parents, right? Because, you know, what, what else are they going to do? Or they're uh, having roommates, but then one roommate has to can't afford it. It's got to move back with their parents, causes the other roommate to move in with their parents. I'm telling you, it's happening all the time. But just how great is it? Another trucking company out of business uh, today. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm looking at trucking. I'm looking at retail. Right? I'm looking at Boeing. Which, listen, if Boeing doesn't, I don't know. I hope, I, or I do, and I mean this. I really sincerely hope that it's over by this summer. But how big of a problem does Boeing have? I mean, Really, when you think about it, going, Boeing is, is an arm of the government. It really, truly is in a lot of ways. How about cars? We know that we hit peak, right? Car sales are falling. How's that market looking, though? Are people paying their bills? We'll talk about cars and consumer debt when we return. Eight hundred nine five one zero five and nine two uh, golds up four five uh, fifteen seventy again uh, silver uh, st- still right there at supports uh, seventeen fifty five in change seventeen fifty six fifty seven uh, right there at that support level one of these days silver's going to bounce I, I I don't know when but uh, gold looking uh, again. As the place where people that really know what is happening, that's what they're doing. Just like our good friend here, Tony. Hey, Tony. What he was, what was he saying about liquidity? Banks can borrow and buy back stock. They're not borrowing to invest, right? They're not hiring you and building factories plants they're not listen business spending has not been great ever you know what that was what was supposed to happen right we're going to cut their taxes and they're going to they're going to hire people and they're going to create jobs and they're going to build factories and put america back to work sounds good but the realities are they just buy back their own stock, and they borrow the money to do it. You know, if you can borrow at, you know, 2 3%, right? and you're like, well, I know for a fact, if I buy X billion dollars worth of my own stock back, it'll go up 8%. Well, let's see, if I borrowed at... 3 or 4% and I get 8%. Hey, I'm 4% better. Yeah, do it. Right? And, and of course, uh, get paying themselves and all their stock options, doing all that stuff. But And then for the ones that, hey, maybe I'm really not as healthy as I appear to be, but I can keep borrowing. Right? So it, it looks better than what it is. Right? The same methodology applies households. I don't know if you saw it or not, but congratulations. We, we, bro- we broke in our own record. Consumer debt 
is now at new all-time record highs. Matter of fact, debt levels jumped the most in 12 years. So, I mean, this we haven't seen debt jump like this since the, the Great Recession uh, in the month of December. Just a huge, massive spike. And, and I see this everywhere where uh, household debt uh, rose by $600 billion in the fourth quarter from a year earlier. So in one year, households in the U.S. added over $600 billion of debt. Now, why is that number important? Well, when you think about GDP growth, I think GDP growth for the whole year was only $800 billion. Right? We went $1.2, $1.3 trillion were in debt at a federal level. Who knows what we did at the state and the city and the county levels. At a, at a consumer level, we went $600 billion more into debt. We should have had GDP. We, right? GDP should have been 4 or 5%, right? Not 2 Six. Hundred billion dollars. We surpassed fourteen trillion dollars for the very first time. I mean, GDP of the countries what twenty? Close it in, you know, twenty twenty one trillion. The whole GDP. We got fourteen trillion in debt, just us alone, right? The government's the government's got twenty three trillion on its way to twenty four trillion. I haven't checked in a while. Probably twenty three and a half trillion by now. The central bank they've got four and a half trillion. Yeah, fine. What? Well, that's fine. Mortgage borrowing rose by one hundred and twenty billion dollars, which I thought that would be much higher. So of the six hundred billion, only a hundred and twenty billion of it was mortgages. Well, again, though, housing sales aren't great. Housing prices fantastic, and of course, there's no supply uh, of used homes because, like I said, anything under a couple hundred thousand, it's all investors. They pay all cash. Boom, boom, boom. Turn it into a rental. Uh, the mortgage originations uh, for 30-year-olds uh, rose by $210 billion last quarter. Uh, not so much for anybody other than that. Uh, student loan. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it jumped by more than $100 billion. Actually, jumped, I'm sorry, almost by... Four hundred billion. Now it's about a hundred billion. Uh, debt for those sixty and over crossed a hundred billion dollars for the first time. Auto loans. That was the big winner. Uh, auto loans now at one point three three trillion, the highest on record. Let's talk about auto loans. The guy, you know, who's the best at autos? And I don't care what type, uh, trucking, uh, car, Wolf Richter, uh, the the, uh, the Wolf Street Report, he's the best. Every month he releases auto data. 
And he's talking about how auto loans and leases surged to a new record. Delinquencies also surged to a new record. It's the best economy ever, uh, but it's very much like Wall Street. You know how, like, the retailers and the trucking industry are the dogs? Same thing in the auto complex. I'll tell you about that in the final segment. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour. Just finish here real quick. See, uh, the consumer's just like Wall Street. If you're Amazon or Facebook or Google or Microsoft, right, you're fine. And the delinquencies in autos proves it out. If, you had, if you're a prime borrower, delinquencies are still at historic lows. But if you're a subprime borrower, those with a credit score below 620, you, you shattered the record again. Fourth quarter, uh, 90 days or more. So this is, hey, your car's getting repoed. 90 days or more, $66 billion. So think about how many are in the 60-day or more, 30-day or more. What are we talking about? Of the $1.3 trillion in autos, we probably are close to, what, $300 billion, maybe a little more of that in, at least behind. And, and then, of course, those 90 days or more behind breaking an all-time record. Here's what's funny. Fourth quarter 2010, which was the old high, it was just a pinch under Forty billion, okay for uh, for the month defaults. We just I just told you sixty six billion, but here's the difference. And this is don't tell me there's no inflation. That forty billion back in twenty ten accounted for five point two seven percent of all auto loans. The sixty six billion today. It's only 4.94%. So we've had the amount of auto loan defaults are, is up, what, 60%, 70%? But the percentage of dollars is down. It's almost at a, We're almost back to a, to a record high. But, but very much like Wall Street. And this is all at the hands of the central bank. And let me tell you, here's what happens. The consumer, we're bad at managing money. We know this. And they can't handle the the all of the credit, and they go out and they they overextend, and they the 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 dollars just don't add up, right? The the no inflation thing really is inflation, and they end up defaulting. And we're seeing it in autos, student loans. We're seeing it in credit cards. We're not seeing it so much in housing because let's face it, some you can't get a house anyway, right? Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. I, you know, I just told you gold is up again here, fifteen hundred and seventy bucks. I've got a very, very small special, but it's the best special. This is the best special of the year. Limit five. That's how good it is. I've got thirty U.S. twenty dollar Liberty gold pieces for sixteen hundred dollars. That's $30 over spot, limit five 
per customer. You have to call. I'm not going to put it on there because I don't have more than that. I got a special deal. Uh, so, so take advantage of it today. I've got 30 $20 Liberty Gold pieces at $1,600 limit, five per customer. Uh, and once I'm out of them, I'm out of them. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow.